Well, I got to say, if you saw that movie, part of me feels like I just need to say amen and we leave. You know, God, that was such a good movie. Anybody, who all saw Hoosiers? Everybody in here see that movie? Yeah, that was awesome. And I know y'all are probably going, how's he going to get faith out of that? <laughs> like, I'm, we're talking on faith today, as you know, so y'all just bear with me. But look, a couple of weeks, or se- several weeks ago, we, we've been going through the book of Mark, right? And we've been, we've looked at different things. We started off, and uh, then the sermon series, which is called My Last Sermon, My Last Sermon, or if you had a couple of times that you knew, or a few times that you knew that you had to talk to someone what would that look like? If this was one of a handful of sermons that I had left, what would it, what would I share? What would I say? And so we've been going through Mark and we looked at when Jesus told the, the, the disciples, he said, listen, y'all, let's, let, let, let's get in the boat. And then we're going to go over to the other side of the lake or the Decapolis, which was like, that was the Gentile region. That was like I said every week. That's like your parents saying, hey, hey, hold up. Don't go to that side of the tracks. Uh Uh-uh. Don't be going over to that side of the tracks. That would be considered that side of the tracks, right? And they go over there. And when when they got there, Jesus, right before they got there, Jesus healed or calmed the storm, right? And the disciples were like, wait, what? But see, they were bugged because Jesus had been like in the boat snoozing, literally snoozing, like I'm not kidding. It says he had a cushion with him or a pillow, right? And then he gets up, he's like, y'all, listen, where's your faith? And he calms the storm. And when the disciples saw that, they're like, who is this? Who, Who is this guy that even has authority over the waves and the wind? Who is this? And we looked at that question. What happens when we authentically say, who, who is this with Jesus? And then the next week, what we looked at once they got over to the other side, and they were already kind of wigged out. I mean, they, you know, they were like, the word says they were, they were scared, right? And, and, but they were fishermen. So it wasn't their first rodeo, right? It wasn't the first time they'd been up on a storm. And, it, and then they get over to the other side, and there's like this demon-possessed dude who they ended up healing, who Jesus healed. And the question that he asked was, what do you want with me, Jesus? What do you want with me, Jesus? And what we found, what Jesus wanted, what he said was, you. You, Whoa, but Jesus, hold up, I'm not, I'm not, hold on, uh, now, I'm not worthy. I'm like, you know, they cast me out of town because I'm so jacked up. Right? Like, my, there's so much junk in me. I'm not, hey, I just want you. That's what the word says. And so then after they healed the guy, or after Jesus healed the guy, he wanted to go with them. So the next week, last week, we looked at, he, the, the, he ran up to Jesus and he said, well, can I go? Because it said Jesus got in the boat to go back. And he said, well, I want to go with you. Can I go? And Jesus said, no, right? No, you go home to your family and your friends and you tell them what I've done for you. That's all he said. And we talked about some of the common things that that guy would have said, like, man, wait, man, wait, 
you want me to go, like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know the Bible. I don't have a seminary degree. And Jesus said, wait, wait, why are you making this so difficult? I just told you to go to your family and your friends and tell them you were this way before you met me and this way after you met me. And what we saw when, when, when Jesus left that region and he went, went back around, the word says he went through Tyre and Sidon, so he went back over to the Jewish, Jewish side of the tracks, right? And then when he, when he got back in the boat to go over to the Decapolis area again, that's where he fed 4,000 people. Well, the same people that it's, and Luke, it says all the people tried to run him out of town. But see, how'd that happen? And we looked at that. How did that, well, hold up, you just go tell your story. But all the people they ran, bro, just, just go tell your story. And that's what he did. And he, and he ended up feeding 4,000 men. And we're staying in Mark, and today, We're talking about faith. We're actually looking at Mark 6, but Matthew has a great, it's also recorded in Matthew 14, which is what we're going to look at today. And it's got a little more in there. So we're going to actually be reading through Matthew. But y'all, everybody do me a favor real quick. Everybody take a deep breath. Now exhale. So if 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 I put a bag over your head, Yeah, right? If I, if I put a bag over your head and said, breathe in and breathe out, you'd get a couple of breaths in, but eventually you would die, right? So why? Why is that? What is in this air right now? Oxygen. And I know, listen, y'all are like, golly, that's first grade. I'm like, exactly, <laughs> But look, no, for real, like, there's oxygen. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm saying this because it tripped me out. And, and I was going through life, and I was struggling, struggling, struggling. Like, and I was such, having such a hard time with faith. And then one day, as I was sitting there, I was just sitting there going, whoa, wait a minute. And it hit me. I, I know oxygen's there. We all know oxygen is there, don't we? But I was struggling with something because I, couldn't see it. And so what Beth Ann just read, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, I can promise each one of you today that I am certain that there is oxygen in this room. Right? Everybody here certain of that? But yet you don't see it. That's interesting, isn't it? What if we lived like that? What if we lived like that? A blind faith. It's funny, Jesus talks about that, doesn't he? He talks about that. Faith of a child, a blind faith. But somewhere along the way, we tend to kind of veer off, don't we? But I'm going to tell you something. Gene Hackman in that movie. You see, I love that, and here's why. Gene Hackman was this coach who had this troubled past, right? Something had happened to him somewhere along the journey of his life in coaching, and because in the movie, there's a scene in there that says, man, I'm, I'm just glad I'm getting another chance. 
And so he, we, we know something happens, and he ends up in this tiny little town in Indiana. Tiny little town in Indiana and makes it to the state championship. And the cool thing about Indiana back then was it wasn't like single A, double A, triple A. No, it was not. A, it was the whole state. So they were this little bitty school and they were playing up against these giants, right? And, 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 and Gene Hagman had, as the coach, he had this amazing opportunity because he had made it to the state championship. And he gets, as you saw, in the final moments, and it comes down to the last shot, and he's got this player named Jimmy who's the bomb. He's, like, so good. And everybody's keying in on him. And he goes, all right, man, y'all, okay, I tell you what, they think, they think we're going to get the ball to Jimmy. <laughs> they think we're going to get the ball to Jimmy. But, you know, we're, we're going to give it to Buddy. We're going to give it to Buddy. And see, in his mind, he's going, man, th- that's what they expect. That, my mind's telling me, all my coaching experience is telling me, I, I can't give the ball to Jimmy. I got to go to save. I got to give it to Buddy. I love that scene because as he's leaning over, Jimmy looks at him. And Jimmy looks around at his teammates. And you could see the, the teammates were, all the teammates had faith in Jimmy. But coach's mind, everything within him was telling him, no, I can't do that. But see, Jimmy looked up at him. I'll make it. I'll make it. And the coach steps back, and you see this quick, this momentary pause. As you know, he's going, oh, man, what am I going to do? Because I'm at a crossroads. Do I give the ball to Jimmy? Well, I'll make it. Everything in the coach's DNA that made sense to him said, don't give the ball to Jimmy. But he did. See, he had a choice, didn't he? He had a choice to make. He had a choice to do exactly what his mind was telling him. Or he had a, he had a choice to give the ball to Jimmy. He had, to, he had a choice to trust that I'll make it. I'll make it. He had a choice, didn't he? And so with seconds falling so quickly from the clock, you saw it. He gets the ball to Jimmy. And Jimmy is, you see him take a few steps. And then he looks, he gets the ball. Five seconds, four seconds. And he takes a step. And right as he takes that step, he looks around and he sees all the distractions. And then he looks at the goal. Three seconds. He dribbles. Laser focus. Two seconds. He jumps. With one second left on the clock, he releases the shot. Swish. And he made it. He made it. Having faith? They won the game because of faith that went against everything 
that he thought, that the coach thought. And so I look at our scripture today, and if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 16, 22, and 23, and it, I'm going to read through 27 right now, but it says, immediately Jesus made, that, that is just how we, the translation there is just how we say it. He made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. So they were in a storm. They were in the middle of the lake at night in a storm. They didn't pull out the old spotlight, right? They hadn't just bolted out of Bass Pro with all the good gear. They were hanging out in the middle of the dark in a boat in the, in, in the lake. And then it says, during the fourth watch, which, by the way, is between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Jesus said, whoa, whoa, it's it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Take courage. So they're out in the boat. They're getting, once again, the disciples are out there and they're getting beat down by a storm. I don't know why they keep fishing. It's like, why you don't keep getting in a boat, man? You're like, every time you get in it, it comes up a storm. That ought to tell you something. No. But listen, there's some of us, uh, some of us here today, some of you here today, that I know are struggling. You, you may feel like Jesus has just put you on a boat, kicked you out into the middle of the lake, and left you there all alone. You may be in a, in a period of life where you're just, man, where are you, Jesus? What, I mean, where, where are you? I mean, come on. I'm in the middle of this lake, and it's dark, and I'm freaking out. And you're like, where are you? I've said that. Any of y'all ever said that, if we're honest? Yeah. I think so. But, you know, every time I think that, I try to remember that Jesus is probably sitting there. No, not probably. He's sitting there going, well, hold up, hold up. Chris, uh, don't you know I'll never leave you or forsake you? There's nowhere you can run, nowhere you can hide to escape my love. Your love never fails. I never give up on you. Chris, don't you know that? You see, when we don't see him, when we feel like we're in that boat, he's there. He's there. The question is, do we see him? Are we sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see? Are we? Am I? Are you? And Jesus says, get this, take courage. That's that's interesting. I I was... It was very interesting to me that Jesus said, hey, take courage. You know, like when I first read that, it was like Jesus going, man, what? take this courage. What's wrong with y'all? But that's not what he did. You see, the translation is also be of good cheer. So here's what that means. They were out in the middle freaking out. And what Jesus said was he he walked up there with soft words, actually words of encouragement. Those are words of encouragement. That's pretty cool, you know, because they were tripping out. And Jesus is like, hey, man, 
take courage. Like, be of good cheer. It's all good because I'm here. The question is, are you going to take it? Take, because if someone wants to give me something, I have to, I have to take it. Thank you, Neil. I have to take it. You see, Jesus actually came out there to comfort them. He came out there. When they were in the storm, Jesus came to comfort them. And I say that because there is no storm that you're ever going to be in that he won't come through to get to you. I don't care how dark it is outside. He will, he will not leave or forsake you. There's one thing God can't do. You know what it is? He can't lie. You know that? You know why he can't lie? Because he's all truth. And truth can't lie. Because the presence of a lie isn't truth. So when he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you, are you going to take that? Verse 27. But immediately... He said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then 28 through 31, Lord, if it is you, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on water and came down towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me, help, help, help. Save me. And then, check this word out. Here here it is again. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. He reached out his hand and he says he caught him. You of little faith, is what Jesus said. You of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Well, you've seen me do all this stuff. Why why, did you doubt? I mean, I healed the demon. Look, I took the demon out of the guy. I... I calmed the raging seas for you. Watch it out. But the first thing I had to ask myself is imagine the faith it must have taken for Peter to be like, all right, let's roll. Because that's water. That, that's, and, and get this, it wasn't like it was, you know, on the reservoir on a smooth day. They were in the middle of a storm. And Jesus said, step out of the boat, Peter. You know what he said? Let me think about it. It didn't say, Peter was like, "Mm, okay, all right, well, um, hmm, hmm, okay. Oh, man, I may have exaggerated Jesus, you know. No, Peter went, all right, let's roll. And he walked out there, and it says he was was walking on water. You you know how that's possible? I mean, really. Because he was laser focused on Jesus. And what Jesus says is, is if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And what Peter did was he stepped out of the boat. And he started walking on water. But then something happened, didn't it? Something happened. He didn't, he, he didn't stay focused on the fact that he was doing what literally cannot be done. 
that what he was doing was the supernatural and he was doing it through Jesus because his eyes were focused and the fear and the wind and all that. He wasn't thinking about that when he stepped out on that water and he started taking one step after another. But it was when he, he kind of probably did this. He was dead focused and he went, whoop, whoop. And as he started doing that and looking at the waves and the wind, he started sinking. Help, Jesus, oh, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I've said that a million times. How many of you hadn't gone, oh, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. I took my focus off of you, and now help me, Lord, I'm sinking. Yeah, every one of us, every one of us. But see, the supernatural happened when his eyes were focused on Jesus. And I don't know about you. I need some supernatural in my life. I need, to, I need the confidence of knowing I can step out of a boat and walk on water. And the confidence of knowing that my God, my God, what he promises me is for real. It is legit. It is truth. And there's nothing about it that's untrue. There's no wavering in God's word. No wavering. And Jesus said, Step out of the boat. And I love it. There's a quote I read this week, and it said, it wasn't the violence of the winds or the raging sea that endangered Peter's life. It was his littleness of faith. Wow. It wasn't the storm. It wasn't the whatever's going on in your life that almost killed him. It was his littleness of faith. Is that a word, by the way? Is it? Any English majors in here? Can can y'all tell me real like I'm not kidding? Is that a word, littleness? I'm going to go with littleness. (laughs) I love baseball. My son plays a lot of baseball. We we do a lot of... uh, traveling and, and so forth. And, and one thing that I have learned about baseball is the crazy superstitions. Now, I didn't play baseball. Any baseball players in here? Anybody play baseball? Okay. So one of the things that they do is, you know, the letters, you know, where, like, where it's written on the bat? Well, there's a certain spot, and it's called the sweet spot on a bat, right? And it's, it's where every, every batter wants to... He wants to swing and make contact on the sweet spot. And then in, uh, in 1957 in the World Series, it was the Yankees versus the Milwaukee Braves, right? Yogi Berra was the, was the catcher for the, for the Yankees, and Hank Aaron was the right fielder for the Braves. And in, and in this game... Yogi Berra, who was famous for all the crazy things that he would say to people and to, to, to get them off, right? He would say these things to batters, and the batters, you know, I could just see it. You know, I love Major League, and the dude's like, y'all, anyway. But the guy's like saying stupid stuff, and it freaks the batter out. Well, Yogi Berra did that. He would always trash talk to the batters, and he was famous for that. And so Hank Aaron gets up there, and Yogi Berra looks at him and he said, hey, Hank, Letters on your batter crooked. 
The letters on your bat are crooked. Hank, letters on your bat are crooked, man. And then the Hank stayed focused, and the pitcher threw him a pitch. And he hits a home run. And as he rounds the bases, he steps on home plate, and he takes a few steps past Yogi, and he stops. And he turns, and he looks at Yogi, and he says, Yogi, I didn't come here to read. (laughs) He walks into the dugout. I didn't come here to read, Yogi. I came here to knock the ball out of the park because I'm not losing focus. And see, just like Jimmy, Hank stayed focused, didn't he? He stayed focused. It was in his ear. But he stayed focused. And then there's something magical about the fact that he hit a home run. He didn't, he didn't get the first base. It wasn't a double. It wasn't a triple. But when he hit the ball and it went out of the park, he could completely relax as he ran the bases. And as all those people watched him and cheered for him. Not all of them, but you think about that. The comfort after the result of being focused Well, Peter was focused for a minute. Look at verse 32 and 33. It says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Who is they? Somebody tell me who who they is. And when they climbed into the boat, Jesus and Peter. And, and, And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. And then, then... Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Then they worshipped. You see, I don't want to wait on then. I don't want to wait on then. I want to step out of the boat, and I want to be focused. Because when I step out of the boat, when you step out of the boat, something miraculous will happen. Because Jesus honors stepping out of the boat. He'll put you on the water and let you walk. And I know that sounds, I know, y'all, you know, I'm be honest. It's real easy to get up here and, and, and I'm sure some people are thinking it's so easy to get up there and just throw that out, you know. But how? How in the world do I do that? I can tell you what I cling to Proverbs 3 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding oh real simple Chris yeah no but for for real trust in the Lord look at the next one Proverbs 16 9 we make our plans we do but God directs your steps Think about that. We make our plans, but God directs our steps. And see, I love Romans 12 too. It is what I believe is the formula for life in Christ. 
And it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so listen, stop doing what all these other people are doing, which is being, they're all just distracted. They're they're just distracted. You stop being distracted and you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the way, means get in his word and the translation there is he will make you new. He will make your mind new. Then, he says, you can test and approve what his will is for your life. His good, perfect, and pleasing will. Let's see, good, well, I got no problem with that. Uh, Perfect, I'll take that one too, Jesus, and pleasing. So um, you're going to like it. Yeah, that's cool. I'll do that, right? Good, like you made me. You, you made me. Last week, we, we, we talked about how he, he knit us together, Psalm 139. He knit us together in our mother's womb, right? You made me, and you're telling me that if I get in your word, if I'm laser focused on you, that I'll be transformed. I'll be a new creation. Focus, focus, laser focus. I've never seen a, y'all know that I, I run a ministry with some, with some of my partners and Ignite. One of the things we do is Ignite Sports Camps and we bring in all these athletes, so many athletes. We bring in professional ex-college and pro athletes to talk to these kids. And you know what? You know what? There's, there's one common denominator in every single one of those guys. I have heard dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of guys who have made it as high as they can go. And do you know what the one common denominator is? Laser focus. I've also heard dozens of them get up there and say they crashed and burned. But they started to sink because they lost focus, because they were distracted. You see, there's something to that, isn't there? Amazing things happen when we put our focus on Jesus. Check this out. You know, that's something, isn't it? Just looking at a basketball. It's so easy. It looks like it's... You know, when I look at this ball, I'm reminded of Jimmy. And see, we each have a decision that we have to make. Every one of us has a decision to make. The question is, you going to pass the ball? You going to pass the ball? Because what Jesus is saying to you is, I'll make it. I'll make it. But it's so difficult sometimes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Because he's saying, I'll make it. Just give me the ball. Give me the ball, Neil. Give, give me the ball, Jennings. 
Heidi, give me the ball, Tyler. Give me the ball. I'll make it. There's some of you here today that may not know the Lord, and what he's saying is, I'll make it. There's some of you today that are struggling, and you've got these big decisions to make, and you're scared to step out of the boat, and Jesus is saying, I'll make it. The question is, are you going to pass the, the ball? Are you going to give him the shot? Fathers, we come before you this morning. We're just thankful, God, for you. Father, we are thankful for your love and your grace and your mercy. We are thankful that, God, when, that, that when we are called to step out of the boat, that you are there and supernatural things can happen if we will just give you the ball. Lord, my prayer today is that each one of us here, Father, whatever small percent, big percent, whatever it is in our lives that we are keeping from you, God, I pray that we would give that to you. God, would you do just amazing things in here in the next few minutes? Would you just tug on people's heart? God, your word tells us that you whisper in our ears. And so my prayer is that whoever's here that's hearing that whisper, God, would you, would you just scream into their ears? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.